Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, August 30th starts now. On today's show, Monroe Anderson is back in the hot seat for another Monroe Wednesdays. Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and a whole lot of engaging, entertaining content that you're going to love. If you want more Ben Jarofsky, he's over there too. Just head to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A, V as in victory, SKY. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Gun Crazy Wednesday, and here's why. Uh, Monroe Anderson is sitting by. We're going to take the deep dive. We have so many things to cover, but I just got to sort of follow up to the conversation I began yesterday's show with. This is like a madness with guns in our country, and it, it, it exhibits itself in big ways and little ways. So the big ways are the mass shootings that are just so upsetting, so difficult to talk about every weekend in the city of Chicago. You know, uh, there's that total tally uh, that is in the bright one in the Sun-Times where they total up and tally the number of people killed, the number of people wounded, the number of people shot. Uh, they have separate categories. Then they have little breakdowns, like, like reduced to a paragraph. There's, that's how common uh, the carnage is in the city of Chicago. It's just, it's like a Tuesday wrap-up in the uh, newspaper edition of the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, so that's the great, the bigger, the great version of it, uh, of the madness. And then, of course, there's like Jacksonville, where a, a, a racist, a white man goes into a store to kill black people. The same thing happened in Buffalo. There's the shootings at schools. So there's like the big, the big stories. They're just so mind-boggling. You can't even, you can't even, how can a country put up with this? And then there's the little stories, like a show. They're almost comical. We discussed yesterday White Sox Park shooting. Uh, I'm still obsessed with that story. We still have not got an explanation of what happened. The shootings happened last Friday, and they haven't figured out, like, who brought the gun into the Sox Park? You know, how was it that it went off? There's still every now and then the police uh, spokesperson said, well, maybe it came from outside. No, no, it hasn't come from outside of the stadium, which, by the way, I can't imagine how they got that would have come in from the outside. So that's like an ongoing story of weirdness. Like, why would you bring a pistol or a gun to a baseball game? That's so crazy. It's so weird. And then, of course, the embarrassment, if it was brought in, how did it get past the security? So that's the part of the story. that Nobody seems to want to address that part of the story. As yesterday, by the way, there was a, a, a report that came out that apparently was not factual, that somebody brought it in, they hit it. Um, 
I'm not making this up. Remember, I said this yesterday, and I'm like, in the folds of their belly uh, fat. Well, that story seems to have died. It's not around anymore. Uh, but then this other gun story that broke in today's paper, uh, Matthew Hendrickson, I want to give you a shout out. Good job of writing this up for the bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. Headline, felony charges dropped against man found with guns at a hotel and case touted by Lightfoot. I remember this case. A gentleman named uh, Keegan Castillo from Iowa was in town. Uh, in 2021, he was come to town. He was going to propose to his wife. Remember this one? And he was staying at a hotel on Lakeshore Drive. And somebody at the hotel, like I think it was uh, one of the cleaning crew, discovered that he had a mini arsenal. Uh, a hotel worker spotted the guns, including a PTR-91 semi-automatic rifle with a three uh, 308 caliber round in the chamber and fitted with a laser and high-powered scope in the room that was overlooking Navy Pier. And so immediately there was speculation that he was uh, intending to do a mass shooting. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, joined that crew uh, in speculating that. And then when he was let out on bond, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was outraged by it. And uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot at the time and her police chief, uh, uh, David Brown, uh, sort of patted themselves on the back uh, for uh, saving Chicago from a mass shooting. Well, the cases, the charges were dropped against him. Uh, apparently, he, he ended up pleading guilty to reckless conduct and misdemeanor, and he was ordered to pay a $500 fine and will have to report by phone to the court uh, for the next 10 months. And his claim held up. He claimed he had brought the guns by mistake while packing quickly the night before making the trip with his girlfriend and his two children. He decided to keep the items in his room. And I'm like, let's just pause and think about that for a moment. He packed the guns in haste. Why would you pack the, <laughs> the guns in haste? I understand. There's no evidence whatsoever that this man had any horrific intentions. And maybe he's just scared. Everything he's heard about Chicago. He wants to come to Chicago to propose to his girlfriend. He wants to bring his kids to Chicago. But just in case he's going to pack this weaponry. I mean, it's crazy, people. This this obsession with guns, this cult of guns, this need to have guns with us at all times. It's just so bizarre. And this is like a relatively small story. Drop charges against them. There was nothing they could prove nothing. I kind of kind of embarrassing walk away on this one. But still, I gotta say, packing a semi-automatic rifle. Fitted with a laser and high power scope just because you were hurriedly packing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care what kind of a hurry you're in. It's still a decision. At one point, you got to decide whether you're going to throw it in the suitcase or not. I'm like, come on, Monroe. This is crazy stuff. This isn't even the most outrageous stuff when it comes to God, as I said before. But it's just like indicative of how insane we are. Why would you just, okay, you know, you know, you're packing Monroe, you know, like, should I take, I'm going to be gone for four days. Should I take four pairs of socks or five pairs of socks? Well, I'll just throw in the fifth pair of socks because you never know. Maybe I'll step in a mud puddle and get my socks wet. So I'll need that extra socks. Okay. All right. That's kind of like an indicative of a normal hurry up and throw it into the suitcase, but to hurry up and throw a semi-automatic rifle in the suitcase. Well, I may need this. Who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll throw in the kitchen sink because you might not have one where I'm going and I need to wash something out. Yeah, just in case. Right. I'm going to bring the sink. 
And a shower. I'll bring a shower curtain. You know, they may not have a shower curtain. <laughs> People were weird. We're very weird. Monroe, we're going to move on. We have so much to cover in Trump world. Uh, but I got to tell you, that White Sox story, the only go, you're my guy. You, you watch the uh, the Channel 9 news at noon, so I won't have to. Right. And that, of course, is my favorite noon. And even though I never watch it, it's my favorite because they're always trying to scare baby boomers with life in Chicago stories. Be scared, baby boomers. <laughs> baby boomers are cowering. I, I, I mainly watch them for um, the movie critic and the cooking segment. Okay. That's Monroe's way of saying, don't blame me for the stupid <laughs> stuff they air. <laughs> There you guys, you it's gonna take at least a year, at least, for me to get over your the Lakeview has fallen story. <laughs> Lakeview as we know it is destroyed. That's an old story, ladies. So you have you have to be a longtime listener to know what I'm talking about. All right, Monroe, so much to cover. Just some some of the items since the last time you were on in one week, uh, in Trump world, which is the United States of America in the year 2023. Republicans <laughs> fighting back. They want to impeach Joe Biden. I was funny, Monroe. Uh, I, I was um, uh, on an airplane with my uh, wife the other day, and she saw the guy in front of us had that his little phone out, and he was listening to CNN. We, the sound was off, but the headline said, Republicans make move to impeach Biden. And my wife turns to me, and she goes, what? They're going to impeach Biden for what? I go, they, nothing. They're just going to impeach. Oh, God. Well, we got to impeach them in the hopes that we fool some independent voter in Wisconsin into thinking, well, Trump did it. Biden did it. They all did it. I'm going to vote for Trump because he's going to cut my taxes. Uh, Then there's the Republican debate. We got to talk about that. Rudy Giuliani, um, uh, the judge ruled that he did, in fact, defame two uh, election workers in Atlanta. Man, that story is crazy. Rudy Giuliani just lost his mind. And um, and then there's uh, DeSantis' interesting take on racism. We'll talk about that, too. But I'm going to start with this one, Monroe. And uh, this is something I read in an essay in yesterday's New York Times. And I didn't tell you I was going to be talking about this. Uh, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. This is sort of a Jim Coogan-type story. So there's an essay written in the New York Times the other day by uh, a law professor named Bert uh, Newborn. I think that's his name. And he was talking about the issue of willful blindness. Now, I don't know if you've heard about that. They talked about this on MSNBC, but willful blindness. And so uh, when Donald Trump comes before, uh, comes on his trial for trying to incite a um, the insurrection, trying to perpetrate a coup to keep himself as president by re- continually repeating uh, that d- Joe Biden stole the election, even though the evidence was overwhelming that nobody stole the election, that Joe Biden won fair and square, that he handedly defeated Donald Trump, and that the only person even attempting to steal the election was, in fact, Donald Trump. So follow me on this, Monroe. Donnie Trump's lawyers are going to be arguing that Trump believed it. He believed what he was saying, even if the evidence was overwhelming against him. So if like it'd be the equivalent of me saying, oh, my God, there is a man outside my window who is flying right now. He's just flying like a bird is flying. He's flapping his arms and he's flying. And 
as long as I believe that, it doesn't matter that there is the evidence is overwhelming that A, there is no man flying, or B, that no man can fly. Or that C, he's Superman. Yeah, <laughs> Superman does not exist. Okay. <laughs> So the equivalent of me looking out the window and seeing a man flying is Donald Trump insisting that he Joe Biden stole an election that Joe Biden won and that Donald Trump actually won the election that Donald Trump lost. OK. Right. And so the lawyer says Donnie Trump's defense lawyers, who I hope, guys, for your sake, you got paid up front because when it comes to Donnie Trump. He doesn't like to pay his lawyers. I hope you got your money up front. This is why he has Jack Leg lawyers defending him, not any <laughs> any, any uh, white white socks lawyers. You know. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, and don't take payment in Bitcoin. Don't take payment in hotel free hotel lodging or anything at a Trump. Okay. No, yeah, don't cocaine. take money. Okay, take right. the money, real right. money. Okay, that's my advice to you. Uh, any of you lawyers dumb enough to represent Donald Trump. But anyway, uh, so his lawyers are arguing, well, if Donnie Trump believed the outrageous things he says, then he can't be guilty, okay, of stirring up uh, an insurrection, lying to stir up an insurrection, because in his mind, he wasn't lying. Well, according to this lawyer, there's a, a concept called willful blindness. And if you're willfully blind to things that you could see right in front of your face, it is not a defense. Right. Okay? Uh, if I can look out the window and see there's no man flying, but I continually say there's a man flying, that is not a defense. Sorry. No. Right. But if you're a defense lawyer for Donald Trump, you have to throw every bit of shit you can get your hands on up against the wall and hope that something sticks. And so far, there's nothing to stick. Yeah. Nothing to stick, man. That's wild. Nothing will stick. And I never. Been, let me, you know, it just occurred to me. We haven't discussed this, I don't think. There, there is a discussion afoot that uh, Trump can't run for office again oh. because of the insurrection. So you know, so I mean, all these arguments may be mute because he's ineligible. Because he already tried to stage an insurrection, and and you don't need proof, you don't need a a, a verdict or anything. No, okay. So that was uh, I. I thought I talked about it with you, but maybe it was with Coogan. I can't remember who I had that conversation yeah, it with. It wasn't with me. Yeah, uh, and it may have been David Ferris. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, but this was an essay that ran uh, in uh, a law journal. Yeah. By two professors, one of whom is at the University of Chicago. And I should reach out to the guy and bring him on the show. Yeah. Uh, and both of these are of the conservative persuasion. Yeah. They're fe Federalist Society members. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, their argument is that the 14th Amendment of the Constitution makes it clear that if you participated in an insurrection against the U.S. government, you are ineligible to run for office, which Makes sense, by the way. Yeah, that's the KKK rule. Yeah. What it is. Uh, no, it's a, it's a Civil War rule. They, they're just been... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm going to... Breaking news for Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. We had something called the Civil War. You guys can look it up. It's in the history books, unless they've been rewritten in the state of Florida. Then DeSantis, you're in trouble. Uh, 
Ramaswamy there. You could find it. Look it up at Wikipedia, uh, Ramaswamy. There was something called the Civil War. And in that Civil War, uh, the Confederate states broke away from the Union and waged war against what had been the United States of America. This is true of Vivek Ramaswamy. You can look it up. Uh, and in the aftermath, after the Union defeated the South or defeated the Confederacy, uh, the 14th Amendment was pa- passed. And so it was to prevent people who had been <laughs> like led this armed insurrection. Uh, and they were doing it to preserve us their right to have slaves, Monroe. Well, right. um, but yeah, so they argue that the evidence is overwhelming that D- Donald Trump tried to lead an insurrection. And so he should not be uh, eligible to run. And in I saw that ar- another article in in, uh, in New Hampshire of all states. I think it's a Republican secretary of state. Don't quote me, but I think it's the Republican secretary of state who is asking for some kind of legal ruling on this, whether Donald Trump should be allowed to go on the ballot. His name should be allowed to be placed on the ballot. Someone's going to file suit. Don't you think Monroe on well, this yeah. issue? No. And, and secretary of states across the U S can do that. You know, it doesn't have to be any particular person. And so if all the blue state secretary of states do this, then they can't, they may not be able to strike him nationally. (laughs) Yeah, but if he doesn't get Illinois vote, he can't make, you can't vote for him in Illinois. You can't vote for him in New Hampshire. You can't vote for him in California. You can't vote for him in uh, Michigan. He's not going to be president, period. He won't have the vote. So that uh, tit for tat, uh, the Secretary of State in Alabama, Mississippi, uh, what other uh, Tennessee? Why, well, what a state Tennessee is! Oh my goodness, Monroe, I don't want to go on a tangent, but that Tennessee General Assembly. Oh, I know there are some racists running that thing. Right, right. That, that is just wow. Well, in Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas. <laughs> no, so all the Secretary of State, state. You know how they go? The, the Republicans don't play tit for tat. Right. So they're going, oh, oh, you're going to knock Donnie off? They're going to come up with some reason to knock. Biden off. It won't be a valid reason. It won't be a civil rights reason. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll be a phony reason. I mean, come on, Republicans, just admit you've you've dedicated yourself. You've turned your party over to a wacko, grifter, cultist, liar. You just got to divorce yourself from them, Monroe. They they can't do that they're so in love with donnie they just because he represents who they are and they don't want to give that up okay so to that point i will add this today's new york times had an essay uh, by a republican pollster this is a woman who makes a living interviewing republicans all right that's a tough job man Monroe, you haven't talked to a Republican in ages since you basically left Facebook. You used to fight with them all the time. Exactly. Yeah, you finally said, you know what? I can't deal with these guys anymore. This right. is a lady who makes a living talking to them. Right. Like she asked, like, yeah. she you know, does focus groups. They don't pay me enough to do this. <laughs> I actually, she's a I guess she's, I assume she's a Republican herself, you know. She's, she's a, a pollster who specializes in focus groups filled with Republicans. And her conclusion is, based on her interviews, 
is um, Republican voters actually believe that of all the presidential candidates in the race, Trump has the best chances of winning. Now, just think about this, Monroe. The man lost by 7 million votes last time. And the only thing that's happened between then and now is that all the evidence has been laid out how he tried to engineer a coup. And also he stole a bunch of classified documents and resisted attempts to bring them back. And he also got uh, (laughs) indicted in New York uh, for concealing evidence, allegedly concealing evidence, I should say, of payoffs to Stormy Daniels. So what makes them think that this guy is the best candidate they can come up with to defeat Joe Biden? Help me here, Monroe. What's going on in their brain? It's if you lived are trying to get rid of him, then he must be par excellent. Wow. And that's it. And, oh, and the race of Mark. He, he's, a, he's, he's the um, champion of the white supremacists. Okay, so you're, you're answering a different question. You're yeah. answering the question of why they like him. Right. What this holster examined is their belief yeah, because they've only they're in a bubble. They only get that information from um, Newsmax and Fox and other right wing um, news sources. And in their world, he's humming alone. Along, he's doing really well. They believe he has the best chance of beating Joe Biden of any candidates in the race there is a level of delusion there right that is mighty powerful he told them that he he's he's winning in the polls and by a large margin it's not even close he's beating biden he's 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 well on his way to being president again and and the reason they have these indictments against him is because they know that he can win, and so they're doing everything within their power. The, you know, the deep state has come back; has come back like Dracula. You know. <laughs> so, so, what you're telling me is is that Republicans actually believe the stuff that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. Yes. As opposed to just enjoying it, and I understand. Yeah. There was a poll about a week ago. Okay. Where they they polled Republicans and asked them, "Who do you trust the most? Your minister, your um, your congressman, um, your boss, or Donald Trump?" And guess who they? No, they, they said Donald um, Trump. <laughs> yes, by far. Oh my god! By far. So, so let's put it this way. Me or your lying minister. (laughs) (laughs) Let's think about it this way. You're telling me that uh, roughly half the country. No, not half the country. All right, we have always had this debate. A third. A third? A third. Now you got it down to 33%. A third? Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's closer. All the Republicans don't believe him. Just the majority. All right. A valid point. Yeah. So you're saying a third of the people in this country, just follow me on this one, Monroe. Yeah. They have $500 and they, uh, 
They go into a store and the person said, and the guard at the door says, you cannot bring money into the store. So you have to have somebody hold that money while you go into the store. Right. And so they have a choice. They can have their minister hold the money. Right. They can have their spouse hold the money. Right. Or they can have Donald Trump hold the money. And they have concluded that the person most trustworthy to hold their money, the person they most believe will give that money back to them when they leave the store, (laughs) as opposed to running away with their money, is Donald Trump. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm telling you something better than that. What? I'm telling you is that they will give Donald Trump the money (laughs) because he needs it to fight the libs. Wow, man. You know, I mean, what's amazing now, if you remember when Trump first announced his presidency, president, he wasn't going to even take any money. He was so rich. He's a billionaire. He didn't need to take any anybody's money. He he could use his own money. Yeah, that's <laughs> and now he's he, every chance he get, every which way he gets to do it, he's hitting up these suckers yeah, for contributions. Wow. Yeah. He, even selling that silly mugshot. Now. Yeah. No, I, 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 there's a part of me that understands. There's a there's a part of me that understands hating somebody so much that you adore the person they hate. I get that. Yeah, I understand that. Um, you know, uh, I I've seen evidence of it my whole life. You know, there's there's a part of me that in the in world of sports, if I really dislike a team, I'll start rooting for somebody uh, against that who's playing that team. Even if I don't like them, like I think when uh, when whoever's playing the Packers, I'm rooting for them. OK, even if I if it's a Trump loving quarterback or something. OK, so I get that. Maga. I understand you hate Dems, you hate liberals, you hate black people so much that uh, you're just going to support Donald Trump just because. They all hate him. I understand it. But to have convinced yourself that you could trust him with your money, that is a level of I don't get that, Monroe. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I that's just a level of delusion that well, okay, but it's not like I said, they're giving him the money. He asked for the money they give it to him. Yeah. That's not a factor. They believe he's telling the truth more than anybody else. You can believe Trump. Yeah. Everybody else is lying to you. Yeah, everybody else is lying. Well, um, they're a cult. I mean, literally, they are a cult. Yeah, cult indeed. All right. Uh, and uh, one person who is caught up uh, in the Trump cult and is a exhibit A of what happens to people who have too much uh, faith in Donald Trump is Rudy Giuliani. Uh, the story just broke today. Uh, out of uh, Georgia, a judge found him guilty of defaming uh, two election workers uh, in Atlanta. He, Rudy Giuliani, came up with one preposterous accusation after another, none of them with a grain of, of truth to it, about the alleged misdeeds of these um, election workers who were uh, supposedly stealing part of the effort to steal the election from Trump in Georgia. Uh, the election workers sued uh, defamation, 
And Rudy Giuliani, it was pathetic. Monroe, absolutely pathetic. He didn't even mount uh, a defense either because he had no defense to mount because there was nothing to justify any of the things he said, or uh, he's just losing his mind and is incompetent, uh, or uh, he couldn't hire a lawyer, retain a lawyer uh, because he's running out of money or a combination of all three. Uh, and as a result, the judge said, you know, you did, the time's up. You have not mounted an adequate defense. Uh, I'm ruling in favor of the defendants because not mounting a defense is not an effectively mounting a defense. And now he's going to face uh, a trial on damages. He's going to owe uh, these two election workers a lot of money, I yeah, presume. He ruined their lives. Yeah. He ruined their lives. Yeah. And these were just regular, everyday citizens doing their job. I mean, they weren't political activists. And he ruined their lives. They had yeah. to move. They had to quit their jobs. Um, the daughter says she gained 45 pounds because she was so um, heartbroken, mm. destroyed. And this is what this is what's going to um, do in Rudy and Trump because these are real people, and it's not a philosophical discussion. It's real people who suffered real damage. You know, it's it's like with the abortion. You know, I, I, as as you know, over the since Dobbs went down, I, I told you it's it's going to be the bane of the Republicans. Mm -hmm. the attitude has been well, it, you know, we'll get it out the way and it'll be over and everybody forget about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. You have a, you have the seventh grader who has a baby at home that she has to take care yeah. of because she couldn't get a an adoption and these stories are just going to continue for the next year and a half you're going to get one after the other after the other yeah now you talk about the uh, the girl in uh, mississippi uh who had the baby and uh, man that that the closest place to get an abortion from, from mississippi was chicago that just blew my mind when i that story broke uh, and uh, yeah, no, we'll get to abortion. We're going to talk about the, the Republican debate in a little bit. But uh, uh, I um, yeah, Rudy Giuliani is going down and Monroe. I have watched this man. Uh, I follow New York politics. So I watched his rise. I saw him when he uh, I watched when he defeated David Dinkins. And uh, it was it was like a different kind of um blowback, if you will. So whenever in this country, I think you notice probably better than most, uh, a black person achieves some significant political power, there is blowback. Uh, when a black person does anything, I mean, this has been a history of this country since Reconstruction. But whenever a black person made any strides forward, um, there were attempts by white supremacists to destroy it. I mean, to the point of um, they would kill you if you were too successful as a, as a business person. Mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma is an example, Tulsa, of what happens when you have a a black community as a as a whole 
that's too successful. They they bombed it. They dropped they they dropped fuel from an airplane. This is nineteen oh six, I think. Or no, I forgot when 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 the Tulsa uh, attack was, but it was close to a hundred years ago. So, mm-hmm more than 100 years ago. They dropped bombs on the black community. And when people's houses caught on fire and they ran out of the, the house, then they would kill them, shoot them. And this was because they were jealous. Because of... Uh, yeah. And this is the sort of thing that um, DeSantis doesn't want taught to Florida students. Because um, he wants them to have bedtime stories, not history stories. Yeah. No, we'll get to DeSantis uh, in a little bit. Okay. That's a whole other uh, uh, subject matter related uh, on this topic. Uh, but sticking with uh, Giuliani, I remember when he defeated Dinkins. I remember the campaign. I remember the way uh, he uh, sort of presented himself as mayor. Uh, and how he carried himself. I wait. I remembered how New Yorkers fell in line. I saw you were like brothers. Along those. I mean, they were the same. They were from the same pot. Soft-spoken gentleman, uh, and upended by uh, more aggressive, shall we say, white men. Yes. Uh, and I, I now, who do I? Uh, think wow, who, who who do I think was worse, Mayor Richard M. Daley or Mayor Giuliani? Giuliani. I think, yeah, I think there's no doubt. Yeah, right. And as a guy who fought daily tooth and nail throughout, I'm sorry, I Giuliani was a particularly loathsome human being, in my I, opinion. Yeah, what what was uh, Giuliani was America's mayor? What was Daley called? I forget now. They had something basically saying how wonderful he was. Uh, uh, master? I don't know what. <laughs> Daily? Yeah. Uh, people I, in Chicago, I, I mean, th- <laughs> this is a tangent, but the reverence that people in Chicago have for Mayor Daly, and I, I always have to begin. I'm not from Chicago. Right. So I don't understand Chicagoans, okay? The love they have for their mayors, I. I, I <laughs> but uh, yeah, they people in Chicago believed. I I I was writing a column for the Sun Times. Yeah. When this column I wrote was how um, they were trying to figure out who should be the um, candidate. Yeah. Candidates for mayor, and I said that we should have Giuliani. Versus Daly for president, America's mayor versus and I, I can't remember what what uh, uh, Rich was called, but I was being facetious. So yeah, I know you were. Well, he called himself the education mayor. This this is how this is how um, uh, weird Chicagoans are. They credited Mayor Daly with saving the public schools. They called him uh, the education mayor. They said he did what nobody could, thought was possible. He saved the public schools. They don't even know what it meant with, with like when they said saved. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They just said he saved the public schools. Right. Then he leaves office. Mayor Rahm comes in. Mayor Rahm's attitude is, I want to get credit for education. 
So Mayor Rahm wages war against the teachers union because we need to save the public schools. And Chicagoans are like nodding their head. Most Chicago, oh, sounds good to me. Wait, I thought Mayor Daly saved the school. If Mayor Daly saved the school, why does Mayor Rahm have to save the schools? But Chicagoans don't think like one month ahead of where they are now or one month beyond where they are now, Monroe. the same reason that Republicans voted for Trump to make America great again and are going to vote for him again to make America great again. I thought he made, you would think that he made America great <laughs> in his four years that he was there. No. He uh, needs yeah, for some other reason. Yeah, so hey, you're right. It's very similar mind thoughts. My my very similar mindset, Chicago, and you have a lot in common. All, all you liberals on the lakefront have voted for Paul Ballas. You have a lot in common with uh, Trump voters. Uh, but you're right. Trump's thing was make America great again. So, like, well, when was America great? When did it, like, not be great? Okay. Right. Uh, just need to know that. as a put- Don't ask too many questions. Right. No, because initially, before Trump, the Republicans were arguing that Amer- uh, uh, American exceptionalism, uh, what was so wonderful about America was, was exceptional, et cetera, et cetera. Then Trump comes along and says he's going to make America great again, which obviously it wasn't exceptional. Yeah. They were wrong in their thinking. And so then he he he, he um, made the rich and the corporations richer. He screwed the working class man and the middle class coming and going. And um, now they need him to make America great again again. Yeah. He made America great. But we don't. And then America became not great after Joe Biden stole the election from him. Right. And now we're going to they're going to elect him again. So America can be great again. Right. Uh, and America will only be great when Donald Trump is the president. Uh, right. So that's how they view the world. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, if you get in bed with Donald Trump, Michael Cohen warned, uh, you're going to end up with fleas or worse. And Rudy Giuliani is there. He's begging Trump for money. Trump's Apparently not kicking over the money because everybody knows Trump is cheap. I, and, I don't think it's fleas. I think it's crabs. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Rudy Giuliani going down. Yeah, so I remember him, the mayor. Oh, he thought he was something else, man. He was the mayor of New York City, and he ran New York City. He's going to clean it up, throw everybody in jail for, uh, you know, whatever. But what is that call when you squeegee, when you uh, squeegee car windows? Ah, oh, he was big on that. Right. And, uh, and now look. And that's when the Broken Windows book came out, too. Hey, people believe any old thing, Monroe. They believe any old thing. Uh, all right. So uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, is uh, going down. Well, now we'll get to DeSantis. Uh, so Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, uh, flew back to Florida last week. He had to come back, leave the campaign trail. He's running for, uh, of course, president because there was this horrific shooting in Jacksonville. A race, uh, a white racist uh, went into a store and killed to start trying to kill black people. Uh, and um, so DeSantis comes to Jacksonville, gives a speech. He's booed. I don't know if you saw the booing. I'm sh- I assume you did because it was on MSNBC, correct? Right. Oh, no, I saw the boy. Yeah. Relentlessly booed. And he called the guy a scumbag. 
who did it. Okay. But he wouldn't call him a white supremacist or a racist. It's interesting. Like the way the Republican party is because apparently the party that believes in liberty and the freedom to express anything has censored itself. It's canceled itself. They're not allowed to say racist unless they're calling black people racist. Right. Then they're allowed to say it. But white people can never, ever, ever be racist. And a shooter can never, ever, ever be a white supremacist. So it's okay to call him a scumbag, Monroe, but you can't call him a racist. Uh, because if you call him a racist, then you're using language uh, that you're trying to stamp out. No, not language, a, a concept. Yeah. Here, that there, there is such a thing as a racist running around. According to DeSantis, there is no, and, and Tim Scott and all the Republicans almost, there is no racism in America at all. And you don't want to be teaching that critical race theory nonsense. You don't want that taught, that, that um, graduate school level <laughs> philosophy. You know what, um, first graders being taught critical race theory, because then they'll start feeling inferior. Their feelings will be hurt. Yeah. You know, although, although the black kids and the brown kids are the ones who more than likely get their feelings hurt or get dead. But you don't want the white kids say, oh, mommy and daddy, this is so terrible. I feel, I, I can't look myself in the mirror anymore. No, or the, the Paul Vallis theory is that it also is damaging uh, to black kids. Remember Paul Vallis about yeah. a year ago went on that uh, right wing show right. and uh, started going on and on about like uh, black black kids will turn against their parents in anger uh, if the, if they learn about our racist pasts. And yeah. or even you know, I mean, you can extend that to. Um, Black kids will turn against their parents if they give them a talk about driving and, and to where to put your driver's license and how to hold up your hands and how to say that they'll hate them for that, too. Yeah, Paul Vallis. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Ron DeSantis, they have a lot in common. Uh, I, I personally believe, uh, having watched the Republican uh, debate, and I know you watched it, too. Yes. Uh, that DeSantis may be pound for pound the worst candidate on that stage. Oh, now, I'm not, yeah, he's just the worst candidate in, in a long time. <laughs> president, I mean, I'm hard pressed to think of a worst candidate. Uh, trying he's not to... a natural politician, he doesn't like people. Yeah, yeah, he'll he, like me yeah. in Iowa. He he scolded a kid for liking ice cream and getting all that sugar in his system. <laughs> now, why would you go to a, a fair <laughs> where they got fried bananas <laughs> and, and um, candy bars, fried candy bars? Why would you go there and not want any sugar? Yeah. Be ashamed to have some sugar. Uh. Yeah, that is that's kind of like uh, 
swimming against the tide. You know, when you go to a, uh, a fair or if you go to a, a state, you know, the state fairs, or what have you, you're supposed to indulge in all that stuff. That's what it's all about. Right. You know, uh, it's a matter of excess. So don't go to the state fair, Ron DeSantis, if you're going to try it. Weird human being, uh, very robotic. Uh, I would say he's definitely the worst candidate uh, that was on stage. And um, I would say the most offensive candidate on stage in terms of saying wacky, crazy, MAGA stuff uh, that was completely unsubstantiated and emanating a weird form of hatred and darkness and evil uh, was Ramaswamy, the tech billionaire or you, multimillionaire. Go. You mean the, the skinny guy with the funny name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That guy, yeah, that oh, guy, yeah, Obama. Yeah, <laughs> but but he's skinny. Vivek is skinny and has a funny name too. Maybe perhaps he's presenting himself as as the next Obama with a a counter existing philosophy on America. Well, it is counter. Uh, to Obama, if you recall, Obama introduced himself to America by saying there is no, there are no blue states, there are no red states. Yeah. Uh, and Ramaswamy introduced himself to by America, saying these are dark, desperate times. There is an evil entity of woke that's destroying our country, and you must rally around me to defeat it. Oh, by the way, and send your money to blah 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 blah. Uh, so yes, there's two contrasting views of the world. It's even a contrasting view of the world. He chastised. Uh, Mike Pence uh, in the debate because Pence was too Reagan-like in his pronouncement, too optimistic about the American character. No, the American character that Ronald Reagan described doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, wow, this guy is so weird. He's running for vice president. So I actually think, wait, time out. You think Donald Trump is going to put that guy on the ticket I don't think so. Yeah, I think he might. I think he might. Because Vivek is showing he's very careful not to criticize. Oh, that's for sure. He's very careful. not to, In fact, he praises him. And, you know, which with all those Republicans, except for Chris, Christie, and um, I keep forgetting his name, but the milk toast guy from Arkansas. Former oh, Asa Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson. I keep forgetting his name. Yeah. Uh, but except for those two, all of them are kissing Trump's ass while running against him. Yeah. So you have to stop and say, wait a minute. If this guy is so great, then why am I trying to replace him? Why don't I just leave him where he is and forget about him? Well, it, here's the here's the logic that they never tell you uh, that they're following, but it's pretty obvious to me that they're following this. Uh, so if you're a politician, yes. uh, and you're, if you're most politicians, I should say, or a good chunk of politicians who run for federal office, their dream is to be president. This is their dream, their ultimate dream. It's like, you wanna be play basketball, you wanna be in the NBA. So you want that ultimate seat of power. Uh, and obviously there's a limited number of opportunities you will have in your lifetime. This is the most obvious statement I can make to be president right. right now. Any Republican has an opportunity because the front runner is on trial in four different venues as we speak. 
So and and is seventy seven years old. At at seventy seven years old. And um, although he's six uh, three and weighs two hundred and seventeen pounds, <laughs> has a bad diet. So well, you never know. Oh my God. <laughs> If you remember, our our, our our dear friend Sergio Mims yeah. was predicted that predicted that he was going to die at office back then because he had such a poor uh, health health style. Yeah, no, Sergio did make that was one of his predictions uh, that did right. not come true. Right. Um, but uh, so um, so even though so okay, so their opportunity, their chance to become president uh, is linked to Donald Trump not being the candidate. That Donald Trump will either be um, cut a deal, as Monroe predicts, with the feds uh, to avoid a more severe jail time by dropping out of the race. No, uh, I didn't predict that. No, don't do that one of it. I, I said that that's one of my considerations. And the more I consider it, the more I think he's going to cut a deal, try to cut a deal, but I don't think they're going to let him. I think he's pissed off the the people whose power or is, is who his life is in their hands. <laughs> um, they're going to put him away. Okay, so in other words, wait a minute. Are you now backing away from your prediction that Donald Trump is going to drop out of the race. You've been making that prediction for the last two months, I want to say. Yeah, I said, yeah, right. Exactly. You're dropping away from that. So, okay. Uh, right, well. He's going to try to drop out of the race. All right. I mean, he's going to drop out of the race, but he's going to try, well, if he can cut a deal. He wants, the thing that's most important to Trump, the reason he's running for president, is because he does not want to go to jail. That's correct. And it's becoming more and more obvious, even to him, that they got to sell with his drapery on the window, just waiting for him to get there. And so he's got to try to cut a deal. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, I don't think they're going to cut a deal with it. No, because, okay, again, now this is one other reason I'm thinking this, is if you remember on his first indictment, he told his people to get out there and protest across the country. Uh, 700, uh, no, that's too many, 75 people protested. His second indictment, he begged people get out and protest. 150 people protested. I think it's going to become clear to all the liberal hand wringers that worry about there being some sort of civil war if Trump goes to jail, is that the people who worship Trump, yeah. the cultists, don't worship him enough to go to jail with them. Yeah. So... They can say, "Oh well, we can. We'll make him a martyr. We'll, <laughs> <protest>. <laughs> we'll peacefully protest every, every every whatever. Let's say is is um, March 29th that he gets sentenced to prison." 
we'll, we'll, we'll protest every March 29th. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a, your day of recognition, re- right, right. reckoning, or whatever. They'll yeah. or they'll name some uh, in like in uh, Alabama or Mississippi. They'll name a uh, airport after him or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they'll they'll name something for him, even if he's in prison. Uh, by right the way, name a prison after. Him. Uh, so anyway, going back to the calculation that these candidates are making, yeah. uh, their best chance of becoming president at this moment is if Donald Trump uh, is convicted. Uh, and so in order to get the nomination, they must uh, play this game where they publicly state that they think the Justice Department's out of control and that Donald Trump should not uh, be uh, indicted and not be tried while quietly, secretly praying, please, feds, indict, please, jury, convict, please, judge, sentence, because that's the only chance they have. Right. Now. Um, I don't believe Donald Trump, uh, that's the only chance they have to achieve their dream of being president. Right. Uh, I do not believe uh, that Donald Trump, if he is the nominee, will take the kid, uh, Ramaswamy, because I believe that Donald Trump senses that kid could upstage him. So if you recall when uh, McCain took uh, Sarah Palin uh, as his vice president, he regretted that because she began to upstage him. Right. And so Trump took Pence, who was as dull as dishwater, as they say, right. Right. Uh, as his vice president. He needs another Pence, somebody who just who genuflect to him at all times, not uh, draw attention, not uh, have a, a personality uh, that will in any way rival Trump or steal his headlines. So I don't believe he might take Tim Scott. Yeah. Except I just don't think MAG is ready to uh, vote for a black person uh, for that high office. So I don't know. This vice president, and if if Trump says this boy is okay, I believe him. (laughs) Well, it uh, it almost worked. It did work in Georgia, if you recall. Remember the Georgia senatorial race? Yeah. Uh, Rafael Warnock defeated uh, Herschel Walker. That's unbelievable. Right. All right. So we'll close with this, Monroe. I, at your sort of overall recommendation, watched MSNBC's coverage of Donald Trump's arrest last Thursday. It was after we were on the show in Atlanta. What a moment that was, Monroe. What a example of a two-tiered system of justice we have. What Donald Trump got away with, you know what I'm saying, Monroe? Flying in. Escort like uh, something out of coming to America. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Police motorcade, motorcycles escorting him. Streets shut down so that he could get right from the airport to the courthouse or to the police station where he was uh, his mugshot, his fingerprinted, etc. and so forth. What an example of favoritism, uh, even as MAGA is crying that it's he's being picked on. But I did watch the MSNBC coverage of that. And I can't, help me out. What is the attraction of MSNBC? Just help me help me understand. Like, what is the attraction of MSNBC that like so many people uh, watch it and listen to it uh, and get a charge from it? 
because it's eluding me at the moment. Go ahead. They tell you the truth. They tell you the truth. They explain it. They make it plain. But uh, it's it's uh, they have differing levels of the same explanations. A, a Neil Catali on explaining it. He's been he's he's tried more Supreme Court cases than anybody. So he knows about the Supreme Court. So he'll give you from he'll give you his perspective on why it was. They have Joyce um, Vance on a former prosecutor. She'll give you her explanation as to what's going on. So you hear the and, and plus they have all these um, other experts. Um, the Harvard professor who taught everybody. Oh, tribe. Yeah, yeah, tribe. Mm -hmm. Tribe taught Robert. He taught Obama. He, I mean, that's serious. He taught, he taught Obama. He, he taught he. Uh, anybody who went to Harvard's law schools studied under tribe. No, that kid lawyer who's indicted in Georgia. Right. Chesboro or Cheeseboro or however he pronounces his name. People, yeah. He, he was a, a a disciple of tribe. And then right. he went well, rogue. You no, know, they are mine. No, because Chesboro got a, a an assistant to one of the Supreme Court justices. I'm trying it was it Alito? No, it was Clarence Thomas, I think. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. Anyway, it was one of those right wingers. It was either Alito or uh, Clarence Thomas. All right, I'm looking him up right now. But uh, I thought he was a relatively uh, late um, convert uh, mm -hmm. to MAGA, and so yeah. before um, uh, it was long after he was done. I'm looking him up right now so we could. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, Kenneth. Uh, all right. So, uh, K Kenneth Chesbro, uh, is an American attorney. He was born in Wisconsin. Okay. He graduated from the same law school class as Supreme court justice, Elena Kagan. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, by the way, he was at, he studied at Northwestern, uh, and, uh, he was a research assistant to Professor Lawrence Tribe at Harvard. He worked with Tribe for 20 years from law school until forward, uh, from law school forward. Until 2016, he was a reg registered Democrat. Can you believe that? And um, uh, from 2016, his legal work supported conservative causes and national Republican, and he registered in Massachusetts as unaffiliated with political party. And years later, he registered in the state of New York as unaffiliated. So he he never worked for any. Um, uh, you're mixing him up with someone else. He never worked yeah, for must, any. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 just kind of lost his mind as got older. It happens to older people. A lot of I know a lot of people who go a little wacky, uh, Monroe, as they grow older. You you and I know a few of them. We <laughs> we won't mention any names, but yeah, right, right. You know, people get old and whatever. They get tired. So um, anyway, I well, I uh, uh, I, I have a, a firm belief uh, that uh, uh, MSNBC is an important player. I, I would say in the political game right now. But well, I, I mean, they 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 don't have the largest viewership, 
Fox has viewership larger than CNN and MSNBC combined. Yeah. Wow. Is that, damn, is that right? But the, the role MSNBC plays to a large degree is helping um, uh, frightened Democratic baby boomers get through life. And I, I appreciate that. You know, and they're scared. Monroe, they're always scared. Ever since Trump won, they're frightened. That's so. Right. You know, MSNBC comes along and <laughs> don't worry, it'll be okay. <laughs> but but they explain to you why. I mean, they'll just tell you it's going to be okay. But they have people on that that explain to you why. Fair enough. It's not. It's going to yeah. be. And, and fair enough. And and they're wow, head, again. They're they're head and shoulders above. I mean, when I watch Fox. That debate, which was my exposure to Fox, yeah. Fox opens the most compelling issue in the country of this day. I think of everything that's where our country is right now. They open with a reference to Oliver Anthony's song, Rich Men from Richmond, uh, which has become an anthem for MAGA, even in much the same way like Born in the USA became an anthem, the Bruce Springsteen song for uh, Reagan Republicans in 84, even though Bruce Springsteen penned it as a protest song. And Rich Men and Richmond is a protest song against the policies and the practices of the leaders of MAGA. And yet MAGA figures we're, we're, we're going to ch champion this song like it speaks to us. And so that's what they began their debate with. And that's when I realized that Fox is not legitimate in any way. Um, I mean, I knew that all along, but boy, was that just, it just put it right in my face. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? Like, and then the next day, Oliver, two days later, Oliver Anthony, the author of the song said, oh, don't, don't, don't use me to sell your policies. All right, Monroe, we'll close with the same question we close with all the time. Is Chris Christie any further uh, toward his goal of being the Republican nominee than he was a week ago? Uh maybe a quarter of an inch. He's progressing, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a race between uh, Chris Christie and the snail. <laughs> and the snail is winning. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think he, um, I, I think he should have gone more Trump in that debate. If you're going to take a stance that has people uh, outraged, go all out. You know what I'm saying? Just embrace it. And I think he, well, remember when they asked the question, will you support Trump? And he put his, <laughs> he put his hand up after he didn't have his hand up. Remember that? Yeah. And he was like, well, no, I was just putting my hand up because I wanted you to call on me. I'm like, right. well, the, the, the problem is they're all in a trick bag. They, they swore, they were forced to swear that they would support the nominee who won. Whoever it was, it was they, 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 they've taken a pledge to do that. In the, in the meantime, Trump hasn't taken a pledge. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll support the nominee if it's me. <laughs> I'm going to make their life miserable. <laughs> And and this is how worthless that pledge is. Right. Trump wouldn't take the pledge, and yet they were begging him to come on the stage and be in right. part of the debate. 
Right. He, he was like openly, openly contemptuous of their pledge, and they still right. beg. So the pledge only applied to the other people. And then they ask a question. All right, you made it. You're right. They go, you took a pledge to support the nominee. And then they ask him, will you support the nominee? Well, to be on stage, they had a pledge to do it. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, it's all right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It, 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 the whole thing is just ridiculous. Yeah. Because Trump, you know, the de Democrats are are like salivating with the idea of Trump being the nominee. Because he obviously is their easiest to beat, while the Republicans think that he will beat Biden. The, the Democrats, yeah. Even if yeah. You, you took out the actual crimes that he's committed, uh, the fact that he's got to be in court more times than he's going to have to be on the campaign trail hobbles him. And plus, the, once the trials actually begin and all the information starts being reported on what he did and what he did, that's not going to help him. And, no, and, uh... and even, I mean, even the fact that he skipped that first debate, his polling dropped by six or seven points. Is that right? I, I missed that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was in uh, today's on today's MSNBC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, I missed that. Uh, well, of course, yeah. I, I guess I should watch MSNBC, MSNBC all the time. My, my, I'll close. My problem with MSNBC, I told you, is no one listens to each other. They like it's not a conversation. Like you and I are having a conversation. You will say something, I listen, I respond. Nobody listens to anybody. Everybody's just talking. But they, they listen to each other. But this is the problem with it, MSNBC. They have the same people, commentators, contributors, and they're on all day long on different shows, and so they all know what each other is saying. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like oh, so Ben. You don't like Mayor Daly? <laughs> I'm so surprised. I want to differ with you. Rob is better. <laughs> they all know these positions because they do this day in and day out. They they're like on call. Yeah. They do it, and they, they they're they're on morning show. Then in the evening, they're they're with um, um, Lawrence Lawrence O'Donnell. So they all they they know everybody's position. That's and funny. When you said that, you reminded me of when I'm back in my days uh, on radio, uh, before the people who ran that radio station came to the conclusion, man, why did we let this lefty on this station? Uh, one of the big shots came in to go, hey Ben, could you go a little easier on Mayor Emanuel? <laughs> go a little easier on him, okay? A little too critical of him. Okay. I said, well, I obviously never read anything I wrote before you hired me. Uh, all right, Monroe Anderson, thank you very much. And uh, I'll probably spend at least one more uh, day this next week in your honor watching MSNBC. Uh, and who knows, maybe I'll get addicted to it. We'll see. Why, why are you going to be watching it next week? Well, yeah. Someday. Well, I think, uh, I, th I think Trump has uh, an arraignment coming up. It is, I have to admit, 
I do understand, and I I gotta I gotta say this. I do understand, uh, liberals, why you enjoy watching big Trump arrest moments or arraignment moments on MSNBC because they are openly. Well, the last time I saw it, they were openly uh, rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, right. In, in, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny they. Like the first time I saw him get arrested uh, on MSNBC or on their coverage of it, they were like, this is a grave moment for American democracy. Uh, our president has been uh, arrested. And what do you think about this? And then various people would go, well, you know, there's a presumption of innocence uh, in our constitution. But like last time they were like, we last week, like, forget that stuff. No, so, it's He's going to jail. All right. That's really immature. All right. Uh, Monroe Anderson, the pride and joy of Gary, Indiana. Thank you very much for taking time to talk to me. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Okay. All right. That's great. Monroe Anderson. I also want to thank producer Chris doing an outstanding job as he always does. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Take care, everybody. And remember, you can always download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and a whole lot more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben Jarofsky on Instagram, at Benny J Show, and like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.